Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Robotics. I'm your host, Nikki, and it's my pleasure to introduce you to our phenomenal talent that we have in robotics and AI in Australia. Today, I would like to introduce you to Natasha Fisher. Her, her bio on LinkedIn says, wait for it, she's a circus trainer. She's doing a master's of mechatronics and engineering. She's a student, robotic arm team at Uni Melbourne Rover team. She's the lead mentor for the Melbourne Robocats, and she's interested in engineering and the entertainment area. Natasha, welcome, and thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So we were just chatting. This is your first podcast ever, so um, I think this will be the start of many more for you. Thank you. Yeah, it's very exciting. That's great. Listen, tell us a little bit about your journey and your interest in robots. And of course, like I can't, I got stuck on the circus trainer there for a second. <laughs> yeah. So growing up, I, I was always into extracurricular activities. But for me, while a lot of people did sports, which are obviously great, for me, it was circus. I started circus when I was seven and I did it for 12 years. I actually specialized in static double trapeze with my twin sister for eight of those years and so I always loved it and then when I hit high school I got asked by my head of science if I'd be interested in joining a robotics team and I was like oh I'm not sure I was always a bit against engineering at the start because my mom's an engineer and so I was like oh maybe not and then I went along and I fed, fell head first over heels with robotics just absolutely loved it and so I did robotics for four years in high school so I was a bit of an odd one doing robotics and circus as my main and also a bit of theatre um, but yeah so that was kind of my start to life with a bit oh, of I, I love it I, I um when I when you talk about trapeze it's when you're up there and you're doing the somersaults and then the yeah. net at the bottom and you fall it's, <laughs> it's a little bit but it's static so it's only a mat okay um, so one mat and I have fallen and not fallen on the map before um, there's a lot of falling um, but yeah after that after high school I I've taught ever since circus so I teach kids age 5 to 12 yeah I teach a range juggling um, hula hoops poi just a little bit of everything which is a lot of fun I love working with kids so please assure me that the circus industry is still alive and well because I think of course COVID has hit everyone How, how's the industry going yeah, it's, it's getting there. It's getting, we've unfortunately lost a couple of circus um, companies um, where some are coming back again um, after having kind of disappeared for a couple of years. So it's getting there. Um, I have friends who are actually studying to become full-time circus um, performers and, and they're getting going again. They're doing, they're doing well. They're, they're really getting going, which is good. It's good. We're getting some money pumped into that industry which is really nice we're seeing little groups spring up um, listen, I'm, relief I'm really so happy to hear it I can't imagine yeah. a childhood without having kids going to I remember my own kids taking them to the circus and I mean even yeah. I would sit there enjoying it so I'm really happy yeah. that the industry is doing well so tell us a little bit how did you end up at University of Melbourne yeah so for me that was a no-brainer yeah. um, not because of necessarily the name of Melbourne Uni because I wanted to do a combination of performance design and ideally mechatronics, but I was all right with mechanical. And it's the only university in Australia that would let me do both performance design and mechanical engineering at the same time. 
So okay. it was Melbourne Uni or Melbourne Uni. Um, for that's me. it. Those are your um, choices. That's yeah. it. I was like, it, it, it has my course done, sold. <laughs> I worked it out in year nine and went, that's it. Um, so yeah, for me, it was just straight up, uh, straight up choice. Um, so tell me, like you mentioned, you worked it out in year nine. Like there must be some comfort in knowing so early where your career is going that you're so self-assured and you're going, this is what I'm going to do. Tell, talk to me a little bit about, I'm sure you would have had friends that, and you say to them, what are you going to do? And, they, and even in year 12, they go, I have no idea. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely have that. Even, even in uni, you have people swapping courses. I had a cousin who did an entire business degree and had really no idea what she wanted to do. And so it was quite nice. Um, but after you realise what you want to do, I realised very quickly, it's quite a niche market, robotics and theatre. And so the next kind of hurdle is actually getting into the industry. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was absolutely, yeah, I just said, knew I, I'm, my friends know me as the person who does know what they want to do. Um, I'm <laughs> one of the most driven, um, direct people in terms of career. Um, well, listen, my friends. congratulations, because I mean, even... Even at my age, I know people that say, well, when I grow up, I'd like to be X, Y. And yeah. I'd like kids <laughs> yeah. to be commended. So tell us a little bit about the Uni Melbourne Rover team and the work you do there or did there. Yeah, so I'm on the Uni Melbourne Rover team. So we build prototype Luna Rovers. And yep. so for, for me, I'm on the robotic arm team. The team itself has only been going about a year and a half. We've only com we, we competed a couple of weeks ago. And we actually came second in the Australian Rover competition in Adelaide. Congratulations. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, we're very, um, very stoked because we're a new team and we were competing against several teams that had competed before. And so bright and fresh, not everything went right as you, you never expect it to the first time you compete. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very exciting. Brand new team. Um, we're yeah, just getting ready building and really working together we're in the Telstra creator space at Melbourne Uni and so we're having access to laser cutting machines 3d printing and so we're all we're having a lot of fun working out how to put a robotic arm together or a rover together congratulations that, yeah I think it's really important and um, mentioning Telstra obviously you've got industry supporting you along the way yeah it's yeah it's really it helps to have support and we have backing of our academic um, staff as well they're really interested in helping us achieve what we want to achieve and really learn which is really really great and so talk to me about your team how many do you have and what's the composition male female yeah so for um female brova so we we're, we're about 30 um, people we are growing we're in the process of taking on more people i i was proud to say i was the first female on the robotic arm I was quickly joined by another female a couple of um, months into uh, joining the team. Yeah. Um, but we're probably, there's probably six to 30. So we, we fluctuate, we, we gain yeah. female, like because a lot of them are final year, final year masters, we kind of have a very quick gaining people, losing people, gaining people. Yeah. And so it's quite moving so that, Numbers change, but we definitely do have a female presence. Um, yeah, well, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, listen, I mean, it's good because you're an example for other women, and of course, you're going to fluctuate because people graduate and they move on, but um, then new ones come in and they learn from the older students. So it's a perfect combination in a way. Yeah, and there's no, 
there's no difference between the females and males. We all just get on really well. We get the job done. Um, there's no issues there, which is really great. That's what you want. You want us. To, we all want to be treated equally and the same. You know what? And that's a very important space for you already to recognise. Hopefully, that's how it's going to work in industry for you. Like fingers crossed. It doesn't always. Yeah. I mean, you've already got the mindset that there's there's no difference. We all still base people here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you're the lead mentor for the Melbourne Robocats. Tell us about this in the first robotics competition. Yeah, so the Melbourne Robocats was the team that I was on for four years as a student. So they're an all-girls robotics competition team. And first itself, which is kind of the overarching organisation, it's made up of there's four different competitions at first. Uh, robotics is at the top so it's the hardest it's for girls a well the competition is for age 14 to 18 so it's meant to be year 9 to 12 high school and for us we're girls we're all girls team and we 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 aim to encourage each girls we found looking at kind of mixed teams what we tended to find was the boys would be like they get in doesn't really matter if they have absolutely no idea what they're doing they get in have a go muck around break something fix it tweak it whereas the girls will kind of sit back and kind of wait for someone to ask them to do something or to tell them to do something so we found um that we're like we want to encourage those girls and it'd be lovely if we could go yep mixed team bang get the guys to encourage the girls but the girls just need that much extra support at the start that we're like we need we need a female and all girls team to do that. And so we're just really about encouraging them, getting to come out of the shell to be okay. The number of times they're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to drill something because I don't want to break it. It's like, oh, who cares? If you break it, we'll cut another piece. It's all right. We'll just do it again. We've got we've got material, we've got time. We don't always have that much time, but it's all right. If it ends up a bit muddled, it's your work. You guys get to be proud of it. And so it's just about encouraging them. And I actually asked the a lot of the girls, would have you joined the team if we were a mixed team? And they straight out said no. Most of them have, would not have even gone near it if it had been mixed. And so we're also building them up. So they have the confidence, and they don't care at uni, they'll go to a mixed team. Yeah. They'll be like, no, nah, I've got confidence, I can do it. And yeah. the confidence to know that if they don't know how to do something now, that's okay. They can learn. Knowing that it's okay to learn, it's okay to make mistakes. Because you can't learn if you don't make mistakes. Um, that's just, that's the biggest part of what we do. And they get the technical schools and they actually have so much fun doing it, but it's teaching them to have the confidence in themselves and encourage others and encourage the other girls. It's so a, they're all equals. It's a weird phenomenon of women. Like I, there's mm. something where men will look at a, a job, um, speak and go, oh yeah I could do about 70% of it yeah let me chuck my hat in the ring I can I can mm. apply for this job women will look at and go oh I can only do about 90% or I don't think I can apply I don't yeah. know what this is women like we need to get you know I think this this perfection um progress my motto is progress before perfection like don't worry yeah. about it if you're even halfway there listen the ability that if you can do 70 percent of the work means you can actually learn so no one expects yeah. you to be perfect when you arrive in a job because you're gonna have to learn stuff anyway yeah, yeah. definitely yeah definitely see that in the girls yeah. and it's just about breaking that down um well, congratulations. Like, I, I mean, the fact that you've even got this team going and you're out there, I, I think it's absolutely, absolutely wonderful. So um, you're passionate about getting girls into STEM, obviously. Tell us about your high school journey and your friends. Like, 
Um, you know, you've mentioned that in year nine, you already knew where you were going, but were you influencing other people and going, come with me, come and do it? Yeah. Well, for me, um, at, at my primary school, we, I remember we got introduced into science in year six and we tried to do an experiment and I didn't get it at all. Like we didn't really have science engineering. Engineering wasn't even a word in our vocab in primary school. Yeah. So it doesn't exist. Then we hit high school and the word STEM kind of got thrown around a bit, but we didn't really know. And so for me doing robotics, it was a bit weird. Everyone was like, oh, that's a weird hobby. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was quite odd out. We, I, we did eventually have some other girls from other year levels. Um, I had my sister who actually co-owns um, the Melbourne Robocats with me. She yeah. was also on the team. But on a whole, there was a couple of us that did it in different year levels, but it was a very weird kind of thing. Like we didn't, at the end of each year, they would say what careers the previous year 12s were going into and what they were studying. I remember looking for several years and like, is engineering on the pie? Engineering wasn't even on the pie chart. Yeah, yeah. Didn't know one. And so it was very, very um, different things. But they were just, just as I graduated, they were starting to introduce more coding and mm. so we were starting to see an interest in that. But on a whole, it was a very foreign um, concept and it was just very weird yeah. thing that I did. They're like radio. Um, but, yeah, it was quite. You know, I think, you know, getting goals and um, we'll touch on this, uh, what we should be doing differently to encourage goals into STEM. But I, I think part of the, the problem is that, Goals, or it doesn't, it's not just goals, it's, it's for both boys and girls, is that you don't actually have this like pie chart. And if you do, my apologies, because I just haven't seen it, that says, okay, if you're going, if you've got maths as a core subject, these are the careers that you can go into. Um, so, by implication, if you don't have maths, you're excluding yourself from these careers. So, in my opinion, everyone should just basically have maths. Like, I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you can go to year 12 and not have maths. I'm not saying you need to get a distinction, but you need to have maths in year 12. Like that's just a core subject that, and whether it's the lower grade maths, like I know in Australia, like the different levels of maths, like just pass the lower grade, whatever, but at least you've got maths. That should, that's compulsory. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we can design get into a curriculum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't do anything yeah. without the maths. We're going to design a curriculum that this is what you're going to be doing. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah. No, look, to me, it's, it's just an obvious because you just exclude yourself. Now, again, the theory is, oh yeah, you can do it later, but why make it difficult for yourself? Like, should you, this should just be a given. Tell me, what do you think? Because, I mean, you, you're still reasonably young, just graduated high, high school. I mean, I know you're doing your master's now, but, like, what do you think should be done at schools to encourage girls into STEM careers? Yeah, I think it starts early. Um, we do get the girls, like, while I love my robotics team, we do get them quite late. Yeah. And they're already, we, found, we find by high school, they're already kind of like, oh, robotics isn't cool, or it yeah. is. Um, they're already kind of set so starting really really early um, I think as as a circus trainer working with really really young kids you see like they have no resilience when they're I worked with three to four year olds the other day yeah they have no resilience at that age basically yeah and so you see them building the resilience yeah and it starts from that young it yeah. starts from just three to four five six building their resilience and their ability to cope with doing something wrong and making it okay to do something wrong at that young age because I find that 
for some reason the guys are okay with messing up and the girls just aren't and there's no reason that that has to be that way and also exposure I think we're starting to get coding in primary schools we're starting to get it into high schools now and you can see the result of that you can see we now have so many more females in software like I'm not 100 sure I don't know the exact facts yeah but from what I've seen if you see a girl in engineering you're safe to assume she's in software because yeah. it, it's just a lot more a lot more girls are in software um in, in engineering but they don't see the other disciplines they don't see electrical and so also getting that exposure just little like plug in little put in little circuits together would be great for primary school getting them exposed and then having more more groups there's also for first they also do lego league which are for primary school and high school kids which they're putting together little lego robots and they run around and complete tasks getting those programs into schools and they are in australian schools but getting them into more schools and and making i would love to say we can just do mix but having some girls ones because some girls won't join a mixed team having some specific female teams and getting them so they don't they have a bit of an exposure to at school because not everyone has to be interested in stem that's okay um you want people everywhere yeah, um, but getting them exposed to it, so go, oh, that's not too bad. Maybe I'll join the robotics team. Maybe I'll join the Lego League team. And so getting them kind of into a team because that will develop that. And if it starts in primary school, it can progress and it becomes less uncool and kind of weird. It can become kind of normal. That that's like you do, you do Saturday sport, you do Saturday soccer or whatever. You yeah. also do Saturday robotics. It's just yeah. kind of another kind of option but it has to start young I, I happen to agree with you 100% I think we we too late when it's high school I think yeah. you, you're exactly at the right target age you get them in primary school and it becomes fun and and actually you encourage people to um I don't want to word the word stuff up but to make mistakes yeah. and, and you go this is fine this is how you learn um you know the word failure is the first attempt in learning as someone phrased it a different way and you just go it doesn't actually matter like so what like that's just yeah. another way of you know like that's just another way to do it or not to do it um you show remarkable maturity Natasha and I mean this with real respect for you know looking at resilience for kids three or four that you could recognize this um I'm I'm actually wanting to steer you into a different direction I know you've got a fabulous yeah. career <laughs> I think I should just steer you away and go listen all these young kids you need to go influence them but um I can see you're doing your job there um do you have a mentor? I mean, you mentioned your mom's an engineer, so she she obviously is a mentor of sorts to you. But but besides her, others? Yeah, I definitely had people encouraging me. Um, for me, the founders of the Melbourne RoboCats they really helped me. They 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 created the RoboCats. They let me actually learn, but they also allowed me to develop my own style of leadership. That yeah. absolutely fine. They just kind of let me go, um, yeah. which was really really encouraging. They backed me up. Yeah. Um, in, in high school you're not always good with um conflict conflict and stuff and yeah. so they would help me out um they would step in when needed but they really just let me flourish and they let they just let me they let me steer the direction of the team they let me um put forward what I think the team value should be and they encourage me they're like yep that's what we want and so they yeah they and they still support me um 
they'll back me up if I'm gone for a, uh, applying for an internship, anything, um, yeah. which is really, really encouraging that they, and they care about me, which is, yeah, really encouraging and helpful. Um, congratulations to them while we're on the podcast, like yeah. an opportunity go by that you can congratulate people for their good work. So um, ladies out there, congratulations. Uh, you've touched on something, um, conflict resolution and how, and I was listening to this podcast the other day about how little girls view um, other girls. So if you're in a group and girls are, and you're bossy assertive, the, the girls actually expel you from the group, but boys that are bossy and assertive, the boys actually look up to them. So isn't this a, a really mm. interesting um, behavior trait that we display even as young kids from how girls treat other girls like you you have to be um you can't be bossy with girls that don't like that and then I listened to another speaker go um women can either be nice or they can be assertive leaders they can't be both like we like it's the weirdest thing yeah. so yeah, you can be sweet but you can't be a boss and um, that discounts it. You can't be both. So we have these stereotypical roles that women clearly we need to break down a lot of um, I don't know, like behaviors that we think. Well, as a woman, you can't be bossy and assertive. Well, of course you can. Like yeah. oh, you're going to get stuff done. Like and yeah. Then it precludes being liked, which I think is something that actually the girlhood, if we can put it like that, we need to give other women that are strong leaders, we need to support them. And it sounds like that's exactly what you found with this tribe of women that are looking after you. Yeah, it was, yeah, I was very, very grateful. And I'm always trying to teach to my students to be respectful and especially because we're dealing with different ages and in high school, you're very separated. Like you always have, oh, the year 12s look down on the year 7s and no one really likes each other from different year levels, which is obviously not true for everybody. But it's also breaking that down and going, doesn't matter if you've been on the team for three years, doesn't matter if you're three years older, you're all equal. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're leading, you're leading from a place of serving and putting the others first. We're building each other up, not knocking you down so I can lead. Um, so that's what I try and teach the girls. To it's, it's about each other and building each other up. And if you can work on people's, you can pull all your strengths from each other and also work on each other's weaknesses, you're going to get the best result. And you're also going to be proud that it was together that's what you did. And, so, yeah, that's what I try and work with the girls. Listen, you just fill me with such enthusiasm and hope. Like, if you're an example of what's out there, I just think we're going to do so well. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, kudos you mentioned a twin sister so I'm sure she's on the same journey with you in this very much is she also doing mechatronics or what is she yes yeah. yeah so she's at uh Monash Uni yeah. studying mechatronics specializing in artificial intelligence okay well I'm going to get her on the podcast next we're going to have both the Fisher twins on this podcast yeah. I don't have the one without the other so I'll, you'll have to put me in contact with your sister mm -hmm. what does your ideal job look like yeah so I would say I probably have two um, so one is working in animatronics, so that mix of puppetry and robotics. I, it's, it, it's exploding. It didn't exist 100, 100 years ago. It didn't exist at all. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just kind of popping up everywhere now. We have two companies in Australia that do it. Yeah. And I just love, for me, because of my theatre background as well as robotics, I just love that kind of human element and working kind of directly with people so my other one would be 
the job doesn't really exist yet, um, but a theatre engineer. And so for a lot of theatre productions, if they have, um, if they have puppetry, they'll get, go to someone, a puppetry specialist to design it and work with it. But if they do any engineering, they, the set designer will design it and then they'll go to the engineering company later. Mm -hmm. I would like to bring the engineer at the start on the same playing field as the lighting designer, as the set designer, to have that and work with the set designer and the other designers to come up with those ideas so you can push the limits of what the set or what the design can actually do. And I just love that human ele element of live performance. So you kind of, in theatre, you've like literally encapsulated your audience. They can't go anywhere. If their phone rings, that's rude. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love that human re interaction and the discussions you can have through live performance and theatre. You know what, you sounded to me as though you're creating your own job as you're sitting here. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you finish studying with your masters and you're not deciding to go and do anything else, I think this is you'll just create the job because you can already see the benefit of an engineer right at the start of the conceptual. Of course it is. Like it sounds yeah. so obvious when you mention it that you go, well, why isn't it happening already? Mm. Um, look, I, I think you've just got such a wonderful future ahead of you. Any closing thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with? I would just like to say encourage, encourage the girls around you. Encourage them to have a go, try things new, and encourage them to fail and stuff up so they can learn. Um, yeah, that'd be it. Yeah, listen, that's really good. And just touching on the mentors again, um, you know, obviously you've mentioned that you've had really good mentors. I'm assuming that you you are possibly in an informal setting already a mentor to people. Yeah, definitely. Um, encouraging my robotics students, girls is always so encouraging. Um, it is, it's so encouraging to me. Um, talking to them about what they want to do in the future when they have absolutely no idea and then halfway through the season they study. To change um we had one student this year who's like no nah, not doing engineering at all my dad does it don't want to do it she came along and asked her three quarters away through the season I'm like oh how are you feeling now about engineering she's like oh I think I like it um and so and just yeah just creating the space for them um, oh that's that's actually that's so cool like she's looking at it but engineering through her dad's lens of seeing what he does going now and then she looks yeah. at your lens and you go listen you, you obviously need to be an engineer there's no other thing that yeah you're doing. exactly yeah I don't know what you do if she, uh, if she does anything else um yeah and it's interesting because like, there's some girls that I'm like there's two jobs I would say you go for and watching them kind of work it out um is always exciting and just encouraging them to the and obviously they can do whatever they want, but you can see them naturally gravitate even before they're realising that they're naturally gravitating towards certain careers. Listen, well done. Like, seriously, well done and congratulations. Now, um, you have a LinkedIn page. So where else can people reach you if they want to chat with you or get some advice on insight? And I'm specifically talking to parents here that you're wanting your daughters to go into STEM. Obviously, you should be reaching out to Natasha for um, some guidance. Um, where can they do this? Yeah, so you can also reach yep, through LinkedIn or also through the Melbourne RoboCats website with robo melbournerobocats.com um nice and easy um so there's a contact there's an email there as well if you want to also 
okay just the team um, yeah I'll, I'll put the link in there if you haven't already please send it to me but we'll yep. put it in the show notes for people to um to do that natasha listen it's been so much fun speaking with you um as i said like i'm sitting here with a huge smile on my face <laughs> um you've just given me such uh confidence for and um enthusiasm for the kids coming up through the ranks if if you something to go by then i think we're in very very good shape and mm-hmm. i think you'll be um such a positive influence to all the not just girls everyone you deal with um especially in what you're doing that they go there's just no other choice to be doing uh, engineering of course <laughs> of course <laughs> thank you so much it's been a great pleasure and um, to our audience thank you very much for joining us again today for another episode of let's talk robotics i look forward to your company next week and have a great day wherever you are in the world mm-hmm.